Welcome to Radio 5G, where we sort fact from fiction, conspiracy from falsehood, reality from the unknown. And by doing so, we change the collective consciousness of humanity. A production of CosmicReality.com And we are live. Are you muted? I am not muted. I am completely unmuted. Let's unmute ourselves, humanity. <clears throat> hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to Radio 5G. Michael Henry Dunn and uh, Nancy L. Hopkins. Here on the uh, 29th, God help us, of December. So we've got uh, some incredibly impactful things to share with you today uh, from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and also uh, from a document that Nancy and I are just blown away that this document even exists um, from the NIH, no less, documenting evidence supporting the very strong conclusion of a relationship between CV and 5G, believe it or not. Um, anyway, first off, we're, we have an interview, an excerpt from an interview with Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who I'm sure many of our listeners know is probably the most influential voice uh, on the planet right now in terms of uh, exposing the truth about what's going on. And so, uh, Nancy, can you tell us a little bit more about this excerpt and, and the source of it? Well, no, because you're the one that sent it to me. And <laughs> Maya, Maya was the one that found it, and she took out, apparently there was a lot of ads in it. And right. um, she unfortunately took off the stuff that introduced the show, I guess, because I have no clue who this guy is. Okay, well, we, we know. Or where it came from, you know, except it came from you and Maya. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, that's funny. So, Nancy, where did this come from? You, you big... yeah. Oh, yeah, me. Okay. Um, well, in any case, we know it's Mr. Kennedy. There's, there's no question about that. And so we have a, the last 45 minutes of what was about a 90-minute interview, uh, which is focusing mainly on the topic at hand, uh, the jabs, <clears throat> and, and what's really going on with them. As many of you may know, um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has the uh, best-selling book um, in on the all world. <laughs> in the world, hello, called The Real uh, Tony Fauci, The Real Anthony Fauci. And it's every single point he makes has a footnote, has a reference, a direct link to the evidence. Nothing hearsay, no, you know, mere allegations or rumors, because that's who Robert Kennedy has been uh, all of his life as first a, a very noted environmental lawyer and then beginning to defend the health of children uh, when the negative effects of, of vaccines starting in the, the late 80s and 90s started to be piling up. And then, of course, this is the big crisis, as we know. So are we ready to roll with this? Is there anything else we need to say about it, or should we just roll on in here? No, we'll roll on in, and we'll be back after the 45 minutes. 
Okay, here we go. Listen up, folks. This is really, really good information from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. It's sad information, but it's needed to be known. Yeah. <laughs> so then we have good news. Right. <laughs> we got a good question right here from somebody that came in. Yeah. Hey, Theo. Hey, Mr. Kennedy. Um, I'm here with a question for y'all. Um, so I got the COVID vaccine. Uh, I needed to, to in order to keep my job. I live in the city of Philadelphia, and uh, is, uh, they're pretty gung-ho about making sure everybody's vaccinated. But anyway, I got it, and I ended up having uh, myocarditis, like developing heart pain and a serious reaction as a result of it. Um, and I don't really know what to do. I don't have good health insurance or anything like that. I can't really uh, spend a lot of money to get to the bottom of it. Um, and all we hear in the news is like, oh, it's so rare for people to have these effects from it. But like, we don't hear much at all about what to do if you are one of the people that ended up having one of these uh, side effects from the vaccine. So I was wondering if Mr. Kennedy here has any advice on uh, what to do if you do get that, uh, that pumped up uh, ticker. And uh, how to help it? How to help deflate that bitch? Um, Gang, baby. Uh, or, I mean, that person. You know. I mean, that yeah. guy could also had a stricken, sh- a strong carbonara sauce from a cousin or something that freaking amped his ticker up. But um, but well, I think that's that's card is really serious disease. I mean, and, oh, and damn. I, I mean, really serious. Fifty percent of the people with my, who are diagnosed with myocarditis either die or require a heart transplant within five years. So a lot of these, you know, the CDC is telling people, well, you know, these are mainly mild cases. There's no such thing as a mild case. Yeah. You you know, what that means is they discharge you from the hospital and you go home and you have uh, six months of bed rest. And a lot of the people who are most susceptible to it are athletes. Um, there is a very, very strong Hong Kong study that came out a couple of weeks ago that says that for young per- people, one in every 2,700 is getting myocarditis. That is huge, particularly because well, – We don't know if it's vaccine-related. No, from the vaccine. that are reporting myocarditis from the vaccine. Kids don't have heart attacks. Kids don't have strokes. Yeah. You know, they're, myocarditis, these athletes, you're watching every day – literally two a day now, athletes are collapsing on playing fields. And it's from myocarditis, and it's from the vaccines. And there's no question about that. And that's what this study shows. One in 2,700 people are getting myocarditis. For for kids, there are two studies out. You know, they're now going to give this to children. And the younger you are, the more likely you are to get myocarditis from the vaccine. Jesus. What the Lancet study showed is that they were not able to find a single healthy child in America that died from COVID. There are children who died, but they're people very obese or a lot of comorbidities. They couldn't find any healthy children who died. Germany just released a study of its database and very, very similar. They found the death rate in healthy children was three per million. Okay. So three per million and under five, zero, literally zero. Not one kid found it who is who died from COVID. If the death rate is three per million, uh, one in every 2,700 people 
are getting myocarditis. That means you have a hundred times greater chance for every one person that they're saving from COVID. There are a hundred people getting myocarditis. What about this? Do couldn't it? But but you you're not an you're not are you you're not anti you're an anti vaccination no. here. No, I'm so not. So the vaccination I'm, is does it help people, or do we just not know the long term? What's going to happen? I, I don't think anybody. First of all, the vaccine. What Tony Fauci said the vaccine was going to do, and Bill Gates, was that it was going to prevent transmission and prevent hospitalization, and prevent you from getting the disease. And it doesn't do any of those. Yeah. It does not prevent transmission. A vaccinated person, according to the best science we have now, is yeah. And Tony Fauci has said this, and I. Well, if you need it, I'll send you the recording and you can put it in here. Okay. Um, he even says that you're equally likely to transmit the disease if you were vaccinated or unvaccinated. So there's, well, yeah, it feels hella confusing. I mean, people are still out to wear masks. You don't have to wear masks. It's this, it's right. that. And, it's people, like... and there's no, you know, people originally were saying that you're more likely to get a severe disease. But when you look at the, the one database, that seems most reliable is the British, the UK databases. And what those databases are showing is that the people who get COVID, who get the vaccine, are more likely to be hospitalized. That's what their data is showing. Okay. Those data may be skewed in some way. They may not be um, completely reliable, but it is the best database in the world. And it's showing, it's not showing that the vaccine will avoid hospitalization or death. We're not seeing that. But why wouldn't like uh, Fauci and Gates and some of these big pocketed dogs have uh, have a say so in that kind of study coming out? Like why well, wouldn't you they- mean of the NHS data? That's raw data. That is data that that you know it for many many years. The British have been publishing their mortality and morbidity data directly from the hospital, directly from the corners, directly from the health agency. So anybody can look at that. And when you look at that and you can, you can compare on that the hospitalized people who were vaccinated to the hospitalized people who are unvaccinated, and what you will see is that the that they, you, you're actually more likely to end up in a hospital on, by that data. Okay. If you got the vaccine, then if you did not. Right. And that's still early in data, too. We still need a longer it's time. It's still early, and we don't, you know. And also, there may be, the data could be, the data could be skewed. And let me tell you how, so that people can understand. Um, you could argue is that the people who were early vaccinated mm-hmm. were less likely to get COVID early and when the vaccine wears off, now there's more of that subset who are getting sick and getting hospitalized than people who are unvaccinated okay. um, by percentage. So the, so we don't know the answer to that. I doubt that that's really what's happening, but, you know, we don't know. How did um, – have have there been doctors that have come out and supported your book as well, or is there yeah, like – I mean, there's a list of hundreds of doctors. I know there's some of the data from doctors in there. Yeah, um, but if you look at the beginning of the book, it's there are a couple of pages of just very, very tiny type of all the doctors who are, you know, who are opposing the Tony Fauci narrative. Um, and do you feel like 
has the book been uh have you been supported by any mainstream media outlets do you feel like it's growing in some senses do you feel like it's the, the, the book has been completely boycotted by the media all but the, the sales have been amazing. We've been, you know, at the top of the bestseller list. I mean, the New York Times won't put us number one, even though. Even if you were number one. Well, yeah. we are number one because we know how many. Six for example, about that. you know, I think in the first week we sold 93,000 copies. Will Smith uh, sold 85,000. And he's the top. I'm number seven, and I sold more of my books than all the other ones. But they still put me seven because I just think they don't, you know, they do not want to give me the publicity of being number one. The Wall Street Journal put me number one. The USA Today, which is the hardest one because they combine all the books in the world, including fiction and nonfiction together. So that's the hardest one to be number one and number one there. Publishers Weekly, number one. Amazon, number one, number two, or number three, day after day after day. And number one for the weeks. Yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of people since you were coming on who certainly reached out to me and uh, applauded the fact that we were just going to talk about it. Um, we've had another good question that came in here. Let's get, uh, let's get to one of these. What's up, Theo? This is Adam. Um, hello, Mr. Kennedy. Uh, congratulations, your book's number three on Amazon right now. I just checked it. Uh, I had a question in your book. In the back, you had uh, a list of arbitrary decrees, and I thought it was very interesting. I was going to get your opinion on uh, New York's uh, recent decree from de Blasio about vaccination across the whole city, even for private businesses. Thanks. Uh, we actually, you know, um, well, it, it, I mean, I've already made the case that I, if a vaccine is not preventing transmission, what is the justification right. for mandating that somebody take it? Yeah, you know, I mean, we, we, listen, we signed the Nuremberg. I agree. That's I've, I've long. That's my big question. Why do people have? It yeah. doesn't seem deadly enough for people to have well, to. But even if it's deadly, I mean, it's my choice. I, I, nobody can make me take medicine for my own good. Right. And you know, there's a, there's a argument. If me getting the vaccine is going to prevent other people from getting the vaccine, there's no argument that the state has the right to force me to take the vaccine. But there's no that, that argument doesn't exist because if you get the vaccine, you're equally likely to transmit the disease. What right. it, And, you know, by the way, we signed the Nuremberg Protocol. We A lot of Americans died so that we could sign the treaty at the end of the war. And the Nuremberg Protocol says... We will never again, no country who's a signature, will ever again force individuals to take an experimental product without, without their informed consent. No form of coercion is, is, is legal. And the, all of the vaccines that are available in this country now are experimental. They're all EUA. There's not one vaccine that is now available in the United States that's been approved. Mm. The Pfizer vaccine, one version of it, the Comirnaty vaccine is approved, but it's not available in the United States. Oh, de Blasio is ordering people to participate in a medical experiment. And that, you know, is not something we do in America. Yeah. Why has it become that? How did we get from the point where it feels like these days, like the government is more like, uh, Facebook and CNN and Twitter. These are the judge and the jury of everything as opposed to like, um, 
you know, human beings. And I mean, it's still human beings, but uh, as opposed to like an actual government, as opposed to like, um, um, yeah, it I almost mean, seems like it's a, the government's like a shell company now for like, um, for tech. You know, like I always uh, say, like tech is the new fossil fuel. That's what I feel like a little bit. It's like this. It has such a power over us. Like, how did we kind of let that happen? Was it just money that did it? Yeah, I mean, and am I crazy? No, I think that's right. And you know what we've seen this year is really pretty extraordinary. Deal. It's the, the it is the abolition of all of our bill of rights. So they started out with with by controlling those tech companies, they were able to effectively get rid of freedom of speech and freedom of expression. Yeah. Madison and Adams and Jefferson said that we put freedom of speech into the First Amendment because all of the other rights are dependent on it. If a government can control, can stop criticism or dissent, it has a license to commit any kind of atrocity. So as soon as they got rid of freedom of speech, they went after the other half of the First Amendment, which is freedom of religion and worship. It closed all the churches in our country for a year with no public hearing, no debate, no, you know, science shown. They then went after property rights. They controlled it. They, they shut down a million businesses yeah. with oh, no insane. due process, no just compensation. Then they went after jury trials. You cannot sue. The, the Sixth and Seventh Amendments say this. No American shall be denied the right of a trial of a jury of his before a jury of his peers for any case or controversy exceeding twenty five dollars in value. Well, that's all it says. There's no pandemic exception. Right. Uh, today, jury trials are gone in our country. For any, if a vaccine company or pharmaceutical company injures you, you cannot sue them, no matter how egregious your really? injury, no matter how negligent they were, no matter how reckless they are, you cannot sue them. So if 20 million people die f- 15 years from now from the vaccine, there can't be a class action suit? No. Wow. You, can't, you cannot sue them. There's wow. no discovery. There's no, no we got, we got to make a vaccine, bro. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we need to make a vaccine, baby. We need to right. fire up the stove. The vaccine will not give you immunity, but it gives the company that made it immunity that, you know, that's from ins- liability. That's crazy. So that's what's happening. And then, you know, now the, the the prohibitions against warrantless searches and seizures are gone, and they're you know they're doing. You have to show your vaccine cards and you know the, yeah, your private medical information to people. There's track and trace surveillance. Well, it's cost me my value. It's starting to cost me, and this is just my feeling. And I'm obviously a very sensitive person, but it's costing me a lot of what I feel like my whole purposes of being human are. Um, and so it starts to make me feel like there's no real value in me being human. And so I think if you are already predisposed to ideas like that in your head and kind of negative self-thought, then and I nihilism, think, nihilism, no, yeah. nihilism. Yeah, it was just. I the, might have misdone it. But uh, I know what you're saying. N i h i l i s m. Yeah, yeah, nihilism. I didn't know that was it. But yeah, it's like if I'm already predisposed, then that's where I see a lot of my friends who are perishing. You know, it's like uh, because well, it's you just. Know, the, the, uh, the the CDC says that one out of every four people under 20 contemplated suicide this year. Yeah. The suicide rates are off the chart. The drug overdose, the alcoholism, the child, child abuse is down. Why? Oh, because child 90% of child abuse was reported by the schools. And the schools, schools are, are closed. closed. Those kids are now home mm. 
with their abusers. Beat them. And, uh, Not really, but yeah, it's just, there's no way to, yeah, there's no way to report it. No, and you know, all of these other metrics of, of what, you know, of people's ideas of community, their connections to their family, their connections to the community have been obliterated this year. And no, there was no attention. That's he a big said part lockdown. of it. Yeah. He, he didn't say that, yeah, you know, what, there are studies out there. What happens when you unemploy people? Mm-hmm. And there is a famous study from 1982. It says, and that one, we had half the population. So double all these numbers. That every point in unemployment caused 37,000 excess deaths, heart attacks, stress, suicides, etc. 3,300 excess imprisonments, 4,000 excess admissions to mental hospitals. That's what unemployment does. And they just went and gave us 20% unemployment overnight. Yeah. I remember we had a rat, not a rat, but we had like a mouse, like a long mouse when I was growing up. And if we took his wheel out of there, literally like a week later, you could see how defunct he was, you know? Yeah. Just because he just had nothing to do. Um, uh, why, why, but here's a question I have. So if, if, if farmer was like being able to manage all of this with power and money and influence, right? Uh, you know, or manage at least like the information that was getting out. Um, and suppressing other information because they they uh, advertised enough or were the biggest supporter of different um, outlets. Why weren't other businesses? Why weren't it like businesses like Hilton or Hardee's, Dickies, uh, you know, Carnival Cruisons? How weren't there other big businesses that were lobbying like in the other way, like against this? Like this is, you know. Other companies with big money, why weren't they able to lobby and say this is ridiculous? Yeah, I think you know what I'm saying. Like, like companies that would. Uh, it's would a suffer. really that is a really good question. But I, I think one of the things they did for those companies is they bought them all off. You know, they paid the airlines and they paid the the cruise lines, and um, you know, they um, you know, they were getting they printed money there. You know they're billing the next ten generations, and they're they're keeping the corporations rich. And I think you know a lot of those businesses didn't want to put their heads up over the parapet. Yeah. Anybody who sticks their head up and says you know this is wrong, they're uh, you know what's going to come down on them is uh, makes it so that they're they're too too scared. So your family in the past could have been a victim of espionage. Yeah. Um, do you think that that is something that fuels your your I don't know if it if of, it motivates me. I think I mean really I stumbled into this issue because these you know I was suing um cement kilns and coal burning power plants for putting mercury in fish. There was well, a, you're the environmentalist. The environment was yeah. on the outside and now they're going they they they've come yeah. inside of us. And there was a group of women who had children who were had intellectual disabilities and they believed that their kids had um were vaccine injured and they basically forced me to read a bunch of scientific studies and when I read them I got pissed off. And that brought me down the rabbit hole. But um you know, I've written a couple of books mm-hmm. and many articles about um, my about what happened to my family. And my family had a 60-year battle with the CIA 
I'm very, very familiar with, um, you know, with all of that, uh, intrigue and, and the involvement in the intelligence agencies in my uncle's death and in my father's death. So because I'm attuned to that, I also am, I have an open mind about, you know, and an ability kind of to, to look and say, why are they involved with public health? Right. Why are these agencies? The CIA right. was involved in 73 coup d'etats between 1947 and 2000. One third of the countries in the world, they've never done public health. Yeah. You know, why are they now deeply involved in public health? And that yeah. event to a one. That's interesting. As I show up my book, was not one off. They were doing that drill year after year after year, and each one of them, the CIA, was involved, and they were simulating pandemics again and again and again, beginning in 2000, anthrax, smallpox, coronavirus, flu, and every one of them, the CIA, was involved. Why is that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's that's the thing. It's like there's a lot of things that I re- get to certain get the end of certain chapters, end of certain paragraphs, and it's like, man, why is that? Yeah. I think that's the number one takeaway that I have in, in reading as much of this as I have so far. Like, man, why is that? Um, yeah, why is this chef over here teaching rollerblading? You know what I'm saying? Like, why is this <laughs> business over here with this business? Um, do you worry about, like, uh, do you feel like you have any lawsuit worries with this book or no? Well, is it? No. Yeah. I mean, truth is defense to libel. And everything in the book is true. Yeah. I mean, there may be somebody will find a mistake, but I have 2,200 footnotes in there with references. So every statement, factual statement in that book, I have a reference for, a yeah. source for. that, any, And we have a QR code that allows, which has never been done before in a book, that allows anybody who reads this book to go to the references and view them on their cell phone. Oh, wow. Do you think we've become too lazy as a population? Have we already become too like addicted to this technology and addicted to the, to w- just because we definitely something has happened to the human? Um, well, it's, uh, yeah, and the, the, the problem is that I think we're cooked, man. Listen, the the ambition of every totalitarian regime in human history has been complete control of the population. They've never been able to do that before. You could always escape to the hills. You could read books secretly. You could have a radio in your, you know, Anne Frank um, had secret books. She had a, you know, they had a radio in the basement and all this. Today, you can't do that. Today, there's nowhere to hide. Bill Gates said his 65,000 satellites are going to be able to surveil every square foot of the earth 24 hours a day. They have track and trace surveillance everywhere now. They have, um, in China, they've already deployed software that can read guilt on the human face, they claim. Oh, it's pre-crime. If you feel guilty about it, you know, they can scan a football stadium and pick out the people who look guilty. We're perverts, too. (laughs) The other thing is, you know, what they're doing is these vaccine passports. That's going to completely change our relationship with our rights because right now you have a whole bunch of rights, right? You can go to the bowling alley. You can go out to a sports game. You can hang out with whoever you want to hang out with. You can get on a plane and travel. You can get educated. You can do all of these things. Those are rights. Once you get that vaccine passport, that becomes a privilege. 
that is conditional on your compliance. Mm. So if the vaccine passport says you got to get four boosters a year and you didn't do it, you now can't get in the ball game. You can't get on the airplane. The rights are now conditional. They used to be unconditional. Now they're conditional. And here's where we're going. We're going to digitalize currency. So your you know, social credit will be on that vaccine passport. Your credit scores will be on that vaccine passport. And in Europe, this is one of the things when I went over there you know, two weeks ago and gave speeches about this, about the passports, which they're now imposing. Wow. The passports are not being issued by the health departments, the health ministries. They're being issued by the financial ministry. Why is that? Yeah. Because we're going to digitalize currency. They're going to be able to look at every transaction. They're going to get rid of currency, which we're already doing. It's already hard to find coins. Oh, yeah. You can't even give somebody a dollar. They don't even know what to do That's anymore. where we're going. We're going to digitalize currency. They're going to be able to, to track every single transaction that you have. They're going to be able to tax it. The, the financial institutions are going to be able to make money on the friction of every transaction. But they can also do what they call programmable money, which is – if you are, for example, if you don't get your vaccine, if you're disobedient, and they say to you, okay, you can't leave your house and you can only shop in grocery stores within one mile of your house, your currency will now only work in those grocery stores. It will not work in a gas station. Wow. So if you don't have a passport, then you can't even buy certain places. Right. Or, they, or you can't travel. You can't if they, you know you if if you live in pa- Pasadena, it can say your your money will only work in Pasadena. Damn. It won't work, you know. It won't let you to drive to Brentwood. Oh, they can completely control every movement that you have. You you can't buy gas. You can't buy anything except what they want you to buy. And that level of control is, you know, I think really destructive. And that's where we're going. So what's going to – are people just going to lose – like just tyrants going to take over and just attack the Samsung building? Or like what's going to happen? You know, Well, like, I, I how think – How do you rebel listen, then? this is happening in every country in the world. The one place where people are – Standing up is, um, ironically, it's in the red states in America. Yeah. You know, I was in Louisiana yesterday, and I gave a, a speech, a yeah. presentation to um, the, you know, the legislature there, and they voted against the, you know, the mandates to children. And it was Democrats and Republicans voting against it. It was a bipartisan vote. Um, but I think in those, a lot of the states, you go to that state, there's no mass. Same with Florida, same with Texas. People. Yeah, I, I live in Tennessee some, and there's no mass, and it's been fine. Like, that's yeah. the thing. I just don't understand what's going on. Like, Well, Florida I, has the lowest infection rate in the country, and it has the loosest rules. Yeah, so, what, so I don't understand how none of the, the reality of things isn't permeating I don't, some of the smartest people I know yeah, aren't asking the, questions. That's, the that's what's part. blowing my mind. Yeah, like one of my neighbors, like the smartest dude I know. I'm like, dude, you don't think this? Like, you you're the one who always tells me to ask questions, and I forget. And now you're like, you're not asking any questions. Like, you and you come back to L.A. and it's like there's a lot more mandates and stuff here and strictness. Even though I, I feel like it's getting a little looser though. Um, but then you, you know, go. You still get hostility from people who, who, if you ask questions about it. Yeah. You know? 
Why? Is there something inside of some people they're just afraid to question? Or do you think that they just, uh, I don't know, some things for me to, if I saw more people dying around me, you know, and I'm not saying people haven't died, but I don't know one person that's died, you know? Well, people did die, but people are dying in the vaccine too. And we're not, you know, there's there's 19,000 people whose death has been reported after vaccination. Now, during the, um, in 1976, when we had the vaccine, the flu vaccine, 46 people died and they pulled the vaccine. Now 19,000. And what's, what HHS says is that that system is only capturing 1% of the vaccine injuries. It could be much, much higher than that. And you're seeing a lot of people who are dropping dead of sudden death, who are young people who should not be dying. You read about it every day. Yesterday, the editorial page editor of the Washington Post, you know, died suddenly. And you're seeing that, you know, the sports figures who have dropped dead on the field, you're seeing those. And those guys are not being reported as vaccine injuries. Mm. Oh, you know. Um, but why wouldn't, like, places that are, why wouldn't they be reported as vaccine injuries? Like, why wouldn't we get that information? Like, well, who's going to report it? The, the doctors, you know, first of all, it takes a half hour to do the report. Doctors don't want to do it. And, and the doctors are telling themselves that's not a vaccine injury. That guy just had a heart attack. You know, they don't want to admit to themselves that it's a vaccine injury, particularly if they gave the vaccine to the guy. They don't want to say it was an intervention that killed him. Well, that's the problem with the voluntary system. You need a system that is a machine counting system, one that which you can easily do. HHS actually developed one. They look at all the they know who got it which vaccine down to the batch number and then you do a cluster analysis and saying are those guys more likely to die are they more likely to get diabetes uh, rheumatoid arthritis ms than the people who weren't you can look at that and you can do it very quickly but none of that is being done all of that kind of research gets blocked it just blows my mind that 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 there's no liability for the for the companies making things because I just feel we've had such a t- it's it's become obvious for me anyway and it's just me that drug companies don't care about people you know like all the people that died of drug overdoses and oxycodone all those it's just like it it just seems real obvious so I don't know why there's just such an immediate tr like. Just a, an, it was just this immediate, almost like forced close. Everything was just closing, and it just seemed like a everyone was just going to trust suddenly drug companies. That's the part that really, I guess, is always <laughs> just made me uncomfortable. You know, I mean, I've uh, never trusted anybody. I mean, but. these are the same companies that gave us the opioid epidemic. That's which what I'm killed fifty six thousand kids a year, and more more kids every year than died in the entire Vietnam War over 20 years. Yeah. And every year, and we know they did it deliberately. The four big vaccine companies in this country, Sanofi, Merck, Pfizer, and Glaxo, have paid $35 billion over the last 10 years in criminal penalties and damages for defrauding regulators, for lying to doctors, for killing hundreds of thousands of Americans. Vioxx, which was Merck's drug, it knew it was going to cause heart attacks and kill people. But I thought they can't be sued for. Oh, they can be sued for. They can't yeah. be sued for vaccinations. 
That's they can right. Be sued for so, but even in the place where they can get sued, their criminal culture is part of who they are. And even though when they know they're going to get caught, they're going to get caught, they still do it. So what happens to that same company when he knows there's no way he'll ever get caught? Because there's no discovery, there's no depositions, there's no document searches. And even if you find out that he killed you, you can't sue him. You think Fauci is an evil? Do you think it's evil that's in him? I mean, I mean, are you saying that with this book that he's just an evil guy, or do you think he's compromised? Think, Would anybody have been him? It's just a power, and he's just a he's just the man in the position. Is there uh, darker I mean, forces I, I at, think, at work? Listen, I, we all, as you know, think of ourselves as we we measure ourselves by our intention rather than by our behavior. So I don't know whether he. Um, I don't know how he views himself, but I I'm know that he must believe that it's okay to impose collateral damage on people in order maybe he's convincing himself there's a larger cause. But, you know, I've documented again and again and again how he's with the AZT during the AIDS epidemic, which he knew was poisoning people, killed yeah. 330,000 people, and he knew it was doing that and that it was worthless, and he let it happen. Um, Hannah Arendt, who wrote a lot about the Third Reich, and she was a you know philosopher and writer and Holocaust survivor. She talked about death killers during the Third Reich. There were people who worked in the, you know, there there were guards in the death camps that were actually killing people, escorting them into gas chambers. But she said the worst of the people are the people who killed from their desks, mm. the people who made these big decisions that involved tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people and signed it and then, you know, signed off on it and then went home and kissed their wife and pet the dog and hugged their children and thought very, very highly of themselves. And I think that's what I think, um, you know, Dr. Fauci is. I think he's a desk killer. And do you think – and how, what, what role does Bill Gates play in it so much? I know you, you mentioned him a lot in the book. Gates um, called Fauci to his home in 2000 and summonsed him to his $187 million mansion on the banks of late Washington up in Seattle. And he brought him into the den, and he said, oh, I want to propose a partnership with you. Damn, that's like a damn uh, – what's that movie, dude? <laughs> The mur uh, with the Italian guys, you know, what I'm talking about Godfathers. Oh yeah, God. Um, so he, so you believe that they're just in cahoots? Well, I know they are, and what? They, but is it just uh, business that they're doing? Do they just think it's just yeah, business? In fact, do you think that they thinking like, fact, oh, Michael I'm Spector kill Sherman or something? Mike, you know, Michael Spector asked um, Tony Fauci what his favorite line from his favorite movie was and he said it's the godfather and my favorite line is it's just business mm. and i think that you know he really does look at this as a um as a you know he's promoting pharmaceutical products he does not do basic science anymore he doesn't do the job that he's being hired to do he develops pharmaceutical products and he's turned his agency into an incubator for the pharmaceutical company he creates the products there he sells them he he shares patents with the big drug companies and with the universities and then he gets them through the regulatory process and promotes them and you know during we've gone uh, 
during his 50-year period there, we've gone from being the healthiest population in the world to the sickest. We are literally of the top 79 countries in the world. Are you serious? We have the worst health. We use three times the pharmaceutical drugs of any other nation. We pay the highest prices, and we have the worst health outcomes. Of the 79 top countries in the world, we are the worst. And, and he's been in charge the whole time? Yes. And is he the one who writes the checks for research? Is it his company? Yeah, he gives away uh, $7.6 billion a year. And Him personally, he gets to write the check. He chooses who gets it. He chooses who gets it. There's not a board uh, that does it? No. Well, he chooses. He runs right. that agency with a, a tight hand. Uh, what he does is he'll develop these drugs within his labs, and they farm them out to – you know, what they'll do is in his lab, he has thousands of vials of coronavirus, of dengue virus, of hankavirus, of flu, of, you know, all of the different – polio, whatever. And they'll take different combination of molecules and they drip them into that lab culture and see if it kills the virus. If it kills the virus, then they have an antiviral. So now they have to see, does it kill the rat? Mm. Because if it kills the virus, but it doesn't kill the rat, now they have a medicine. Mm. Then he farms it out to the university and he gives them money. So the university will will do animal studies and they'll do phase one studies, which is 100 people basically. He will give that university, the dean of that department, who is called the principal investigator, fifteen to $20,000 per recruit. So that dean is a doctor. He's recruiting patients to test this drug. He's getting, let's say, $20,000 per patient that he recruits to participate in that for that trial. The university skims off 50 to 75% of that money. Keeps it. So now the university is now partnering with Fauci. Well, and phase, phase two studies and phase three where they're bringing in 10 or 20,000 people, they now bring in the drug company. And the drug company gets most of the patent Tony Fauci could keep some for himself, for his agency, for his individuals, right? The university gets to keep one. The university PI gets to keep it. And then Fauci ushers it through the regulatory process. So here's the punchline. Between 2009 and 2016, there were 240 new drugs that that were approved by FDA that came through Tony Fauci's shop. So he is the biggest pharmaceutical Damn. incubator in the world. He's, he's a not, CBS. He's the yeah, top CBS. He's not doing what he's supposed to do, which was trying to figure out where's the autism epidemic coming from? Why do we now have diabetes? I remember and, you talking about this last time we were together. Yeah, we got I, one question that came in about that actually from a young man. And thank you for your time, Robert. What's up, Mr. Kennedy? I have a question for you. I have a four-year-old autistic son. Uh, I know you've done a little research uh, with vaccines and uh, how it all ties in together. <clears throat> Maybe you could dive into that some. And also, with uh, technology growing uh, rapidly, do you think there's a chance for uh, some normalcy for my boy moving forward in his life? Uh, appreciate your time. Big fan, Theo. Gang, gang. Hey, baby. guess you kind of answered some of that. Yeah, where is he calling from? It looked like it was. Uh, they look like Oklahoma or something, huh? 
in an airplane or something. But yeah, he might have been. Who knows, man? Probably trying to get off the planet. <laughs> I don't blame him. That's scary down here. Well, I mean, here's what happened in my generation: one in uh, ten thousand, between one and twenty five hundred. There's a couple different studies that look at the prevalence of autism. Oh yeah, we had and it. people are sixty seven. So. In my generation, between one in twenty five hundred and one in ten thousand people have have autism. Even today, my age, I've never seen anybody with full blown autism. My age. Oh, I know Meaning, a lot of people. You know people who are who are like the quirky uncle or the person who's Asperger's or can't look you in the eye. Yeah, party autism. I'm talking about full blown autism. People, men, who are six seven year old in diapers. Wearing a football oh, helmet, oh. head banging, nonverbal, non toilet trained. Uh, That's Alabama <laughs> fans, basically, is what you're saying, honestly. <laughs> but no, I know what you're saying. Sorry. Uh, you know, stimming, toe walking. Yeah. You know, I've never seen somebody like that. And I have been around intellectual disabilities my whole life. My family started Special Olympics, Best Bodies, et cetera. Never seen anybody my age with it. In my, my kids' age group, it's one in every 22 boys, wow. according to CDC. One in every 34 kids. Oh, Tony Fauci's job is to figure out why that's happening. It, 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 when EPA was told, Congress said to EPA, tell us what year the autism epidemic began. The EPA scientists came back and they said 1989. It's a red line. Mm. And so Tony Fauci's got a pretty easy job. He has to figure out a an exposure, a chemical exposure, or some other exposure that happened beginning in 1989 that that affected every demographic group, at, from Cubans in Key Biscayne to Inuit in Homer, Alaska, everybody in between, and that um, you know that affected boys at a four to one ratio to girls. There has to be a chemical that does that, so or some other exposure. Now there's a scientist called Phil Landrigan. He narrowed it down to eleven things. One, um, glyphosate, which is Roundup. Oh yeah, I'm a Roundup. Okay, so you need plants. something that suddenly exploded around 1989. Yeah. Um, it could be PFOAs, which are flame retardants, which became ubiquitous around that same time. It could be cell phones. It could be uh, ultrasound. It could be neonicotinoid pesticides. It could be corn syrup. Mm. But there's a limited number of things it can be. Right. Right? And it's an easy thing to do the science to figure out which one it is. And we haven't done it. And Tony Fauci hasn't done it. But all of these neurodevelopmental, autoimmune, and... Um, and allergic diseases that suddenly exploded in 1989. Our business. All of them are also listed as side effects of vaccine on the manufacturer's insert of the 72 vaccine. We went, I was a kid, I got three vaccines. My kids got 72 vaccines, and it changed in 89. Vaccines have to be on that list for a whole lot, and there's a lot of science that says that's what's causing it, including. 1999 CDC study called the First Stratton study that they never released, but we got a hold of it. They looked at the biggest database in the country, the Vaccine Safety Data Link. They looked at kids who got the hepatitis B vaccine during the first 30 days and compared it to kids who did not get it or got it after 30 days. And here's what they found. 
the kids who got it had an 1135% greater chance of getting an autism, autism diagnosis than kids who did not. And that is pretty strong evidence. What do you think is a solution then to kind of where we're at now? You feel like Anthony Fauci shouldn't be in his space? No, he should, he should be in prison. Um, but the solution is really with all of us, we need to resist. We need, you know, nobody ever complied their way out of totalitarian rule. Yeah. We've seen our Bill of Rights obliterated. We're seeing a level of totalitarianism that is unprecedented in, you know, but it's not just America. It's across all the liberal democracies in the world. And it, all the powers these governments have accumulated over the last to tell you to not do your business, to not go to church, to stay in your house, to put on a mask, to do what you're told. There's no government in history that has ever relinquished power once it got it without a demand. Uh, we need to start demanding that our government uh, uh, that we're not going to comply anymore, and all of us have to. What I tell people is, you need to do three civil disobedience a day, and that could be just talking to your neighbor and educating them. It could be telling somebody in your local store who has a "Don't come in if you don't have a mask" sign. I'm not going to shop here anymore, and um, it could be, uh, it, you know, it, it could be buying my book and giving it to somebody who doesn't and i don't get any money off that book it all goes to children's health defense really yeah oh wow man that's so, awesome yeah it all goes to fund our litigation and um so uh but you know people need to start resisting we need to start reclaiming our rights look there was a we need to start loving our freedom more than we fear a germ and there was a whole um, generation of Americans who lived in 1776 who said there's worse things than dying and living without these liberties is worse than death. Yeah. And thanks to them, we have the Bill of Rights. They put their livelihood, their property, and their lives on the line so that we could have these rights. And in 20 months, we've given them away. We need to get them back. Oh, look, man, you, you know, you're a friend and I've long appreciated your, uh, you know, you're taking care of the environment and looking out for the environment outside of us and, and now inside of our bodies, man. I know it's important to you. And that was Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Wow. Well, uh, yeah, it's whenever I listen to all this. You know, it's um, just the fact that he's saying this, the fact that his book is the best-selling book in the world right now, that all this is being exposed. There's the hope right there. The message of resisting, of noncompliance, you know, there's the hope right there. And there are, you know, many movements, many solutions, many um, you know, many pieces of good news around the world, <clears throat> excuse me, about this. <laughs> Yet, you know, the double whammy of uh, listening for the hope, looking for the hope and hearing the the information, you know, um, it's tough. But but that's where we're in those times. We chose to be in these times, I believe, anyway, you know, on a spiritual level. And uh, my God, my hat's off to the guy you know, knowing what he knows and, you know, I was particularly struck, 
by the the part in there, Nancy, where he says, um, "All right, you got CIA involved in all these. You know, what is CIA doing involved in pandemic studies? Well, and then he says, and I've done plenty of research. He said, you know, that sixty years of intelligence agency hostility to my family and in the deaths of my uncle and my father." You know, and it just makes it so personal, you know, I mean, for him, it's just it was, it was his uncle Jack and, and his father, Bobby, you know. Um, <clears throat> and of course, you know, those were world impacting events, the, the deaths of, of President Kennedy and, and Senator Robert Kennedy. And it just brings it home, you know, so powerfully um, for anybody who who has never seen the the video clip of his father, Robert F. Kennedy, um, on the night that uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was uh, assassinated. Um, RFK was was giving a speech in Indianapolis, and people didn't know the news yet. And he went up on a you know a little rough platform in front of a big crowd of of uh, African Americans, and the police told him, "Hey." What just went down? We can't protect you. We're not. We're not even gonna stand up there with you. And he had the guts. His father had the guts to tell this crowd. And he was just. You know, he was campaigning for president. It was the primaries in '68, and he got up and said, "I have very sad news to share with you." And that is that you know Dr. King was shot and killed, and he was shot and killed by a white man. And you can hear the grief. And the anger and the shock in the crowd. And, and Robert Kennedy's father, you know, went on to say, now we can choose how we're going to respond. He said, I had a member of my family killed and he was killed by a white man. And what, what do we need in this country? You know, we need understanding. Anyway, look it up. Robert F. Kennedy. Um, in Indianapolis on the night Dr. King was killed, but when I, you know, when I when I hear Robert Kennedy Jr. on this, um, you know, yeah, the guy's not perfect. Kennedy family's not perfect. I know all the history. I don't care. This guy's pretty much the gutsiest guy on the planet right now, and you know, and is so substantial and documented and careful and vetted and. Um, this is the best thing going. This guy is the best news going right now. <laughs> He's just lucky his name is Robert F. Kennedy because um, they cannot afford to take him out. It would just be, you know, the the martyrdom aura coming across one more member of that family, you know, would there'd be ten, tens of millions more converts. So they know they can't take him out. <laughs> so, well, God bless him. I'm, I'm, uh, that's all I got to say. Say right off, Nancy. What what uh, what are your words right now? Well, I totally agree with everything you've said. Um, I it was interesting to remember what Bobby had done that night because I'm sure that th- there were a tremendous amount of outrage in, in the streets. But I think that the way that he presented it probably diffused quite a bit of people that they at least realized that. It wasn't every white man, and we right. were in this yeah. together. You know, it was a message yeah. that that, re- that resounded in, in people's hearts. Um, 
major cities across America went up in flames that night, but not Indianapolis. Correct. Because his spread throughout the community and this, you know, I mean, I was in Chicago and I could look east from Oak Park, Illinois, first suburb to the west of downtown and Madison Street all the way, you know, through. You could see the, the orange glow of the fires that night. Um, yeah. Anyway, so um, the. Um, and I wonder if he was a patsy. Whatever is whatever whatever that guy's name was that, ki- that supposedly James killed Earl, King, James Earl Ray. Yeah, Jim. Yeah, right. I mean, James. it's like James, James Earl Ray, right? You want you wonder, you know, was he a patsy? I mean, there's a lot of weird things about that one too. Yeah, I'm sorry, I don't, you know. Um, well, I know I'm with you there, but at the same time, yeah. because of what happened after that, and so many obvious, you know, false flags that. You know, you, you you gotta then you start going back and you start wondering. I mean, Sirhan Sirhan, who took Bobby down a few months, what was it, two months later? Um, yeah, he definitely was programmed. There's there's oh, no God. way that man did that by himself. I mean, he was no. Well, and and there's a very well researched um, story on that, which is first of all the the audio. From the moment of, of the shooting, there are there are actually and they've isolated and there is no question that there are more pops of the gun. It was a twenty-two caliber. There are more pops of shots on the audio than Sirhan had bullets in his gun. Right. And it was supposedly, you know, it's like okay, you know, like it's like with Hinckley, the same thing happened with Reagan. Where Sirhan was, the, you know, the program Patsy to be taken down and, and the blame given to, and the FBI agent directly behind Senator Kennedy administered the coup de gras with a small device in his hand into the back of of Kennedy's skull. Um, at the same. Well, moment. you know, I, as you were saying that, I wondered about um, some device you said. Okay, and. There, years ago, there was a man, I can't remember his name, Bogania or something like that, who got up in front of a small organization that was having some kind of a meeting and said, I killed George Patton. And he proceeds to tell how he used a plunger device in order to hit him in the back of the neck. In other words, George was in the car that was in an auto accident. He walked up and reached into the car and hit him with his plunger. And you wonder, you know, w- was it something like that? Or well, was exactly. It, or was it, a, you know, a gun? that we, Because it, it... Well, anyway, we don't we don't want to get into that. <laughs> but, we don't want to go down that road, no, I know. No, but, no. But, it, but let's, let's, yeah, let's just say done. that there's... That, that it, it is so convoluted, the things that they have done for so many years... And to know that Bobby Kennedy is walking in his dad's footprints and his and his uncle's footprints, and I mean, we just last time we were together, we played the um, the the speech that he gave in Berlin, or I'm sorry, Milan, and he said, you know, if I have to die for this, so be it. I'll do it with my boots on. And he yeah, so he, he totally understands the danger he's in. But with this book being as popular as it is, even if he wasn't a Kennedy. 
you're going to think twice about taking him out because yeah. um, think of the number of of I mean it's just, and it's also on on Kindle. So how many of those have gone out? You know, um, right? Yeah, it's um, it's a phenomenon, and I'm pretty sure he goes by Bob or Robert. He, he doesn't like being called Bobby. I've, I've noticed because that's that's. Did his I say father. that? Did I say that? You did about yeah. him. No, he goes oh, by Bob. Yeah, yeah I, I know that. Yes, yeah. Robert. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, okay, so we're at the top of the hour. We're going to hear some music, right? And then we've got an astonishing document from the NIH uh, to share with you. And, and then we're coming back, right, Nancy? That's what this we're playing. Okay. Radio 5G. We'll be back. And, you know, every time we play that song, The Sounds of Silence, for those people that don't hear it on the podcast, uh, it becomes more and more meaningful. <laughs> How many yeah, times have day. we heard it? Silence like a cancer grows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I focus on, tense on that. It's just like that's how we got here, you know. Well, not all of us. <laughs> thank God no, there's indeed. been thank God there's been people like me and you and others. Um, it, it, it's what we're going to present in, in in a couple minutes here is one of those things where. <clears throat> as I was hearing the the words again, you know, that I tried to tell you, but it fell on deaf ears, sounds of silence type of thing, that, you know, you got to wake up. It's It's there. It's out in front of you. And there's very few times where you see something that you go, this is going to shatter the silence. Now, I, when we started this back in, in the spring of, of 2019, I didn't give I didn't think I'd ever see a document like I saw the other day, and I want to kind of give a background to it. Um, Lee Merritt was talking about we did I, was it you or, or Mark that I did the show with where Lee Merritt was talking about the 5G connection to the pandemic, and she went through the history of it. You know you. You, you get the first, uh, well, interesting, I, I didn't know this. The first instant uh, instance of the Spanish flu occurred in Fort Detrick, Kansas, a U.S. Army post, where they were training people on the telegraph. So. Yeah. So so this is the first indication, you know, that you you got the people working with brand new technology that suddenly develop this thing that they call the Spanish flu. And then these people were sent to Europe. Okay, in the war. The soldiers. Okay. They sent to Okay, so that's how that thing all started, but you had the first radio systems being put up during World War One. Again, another con- contributing EMF environmental uh, situation. Right. So when you look at the history like she did, it, it's a known history. But she had a knowingness about her, and I'm going like, Lee Merritt doesn't do things. I mean, I had not heard her talk in this way. Um, like like yeah, Marker anybody else out there that understood you know immediately we could see it you know this is Wi-Fi this is the the 5G because the the outbreaks were occurring in 5G uh, cities so it was very obvious to those people that understood it but I had never heard her say it before so I did a Google search 
okay, on the 5G connection to the COVID-19 pandemic. And I come up with this document from the from the, the very co- place that Fauci works <laughs> saying that this is it. And when when I saw it, it's 40 pages. Uh, and and so what I did was I took those 40 pages. I, I did not, honestly, they got into so much about the the medical science and how this is all reacting in the body. I mean, they give you summaries of it, but um, that that's what the guts of this thing is and the correlation with the 5G uh, expansion. I mean, it's just a brilliant, brilliant report. It's research, but it's it's got this stamp of the U.S. government on it. And um, so what I did was to make it understandable, I went through it, and then I made a, a 12-minute uh, audio that goes through it. And that's what we want to play now. Um, Michael, did you have any questions or comments? Oh, so we're going to play an, an audio. What, of you reading it? Not of me reading it, of me analyzing it. Let's say it's a – think of it as a military briefing on what's in that paper. Oh, okay. Okay. So, um, yeah, and let's just let people know, you know, that – this comes out of the NIH. This was published on September 29th of this year, and it is titled Evidence for a Connection Between Coronavirus Disease 19 and Exposure to Radiofrequency Radiation from Wireless Communications, Including 5G. That Just the, the title of that article, coming from where it does, is revolutionary it's astonishing uh, you know the idea that, that somehow these two people which is by beverly rubick by the way who is um department of mind body medicine college of integrative medicine and health sciences at saber university in pasadena the institute for frontier science in oakland and mr robert r brown department of radiology hammond hospital university pittsburgh medical center in erie pennsylvania the radiology partner is in phoenix uh, these are peer-reviewed. They, they, this is about peer-reviewed information. That stuff everybody always wants to throw at you. Oh yeah, what peer-reviewed stuff? Well, here it is, folks. And this, you know, this just blows the cover off. I mean, remember back, you know, before the pandemic, and Mark Steele's coming on here on Radio 5G and telling us about, you know, it, they're rolling it out in Gateshead, England. I'm watching birds drop. I'm watching insects die. I'm watching kids, you know, uh, suicide rates go up. And this this technician gets ticked off of me and throws a piece of equipment at me, and I analyze it because Mark Steele is an energy weapons expert and goes, here it is. The 5G is a freaking weapon system. This is a killing field. And he's telling us. This is a killing. It's a killing field. They're going to kill us all. We're going, Mark. Okay, we know about the depopulation, you know, agenda and all that. But come on. What are they going to do? They turn on 5G. Everybody starts dropping like flies. Uh, How are they going to get away with that? Hello. (laughs) You know, we didn't do, you know, we just, it didn't occur to us. We, you know, none of us, none of the three of us came up with the possible scenario that we have seen unfold. Um, and of course, in this article, comes right out and says, in the opening paragraph, here, here's what it says. <clears throat> wait, wait no, Michael, let me let me let me run the tape, okay? Because it's gone through a lot okay, of this. Because it just it, it exposes. It says 
COVID surfaced in Wuhan, China, shortly after the implementation of citywide 5G. It, it names it. And there's a correlation to every community that COVID exploded in had just opened 5G. This is from NIH, folks. Anyway, let it roll, Nancy. Did those of us who understood the dangers of 5G see the connection between the symptoms of 5G poisoning and the same symptoms being touted as a viral infection from COVID-19? Yes, we did. But what I'm about to present is not the anti-5G crowd. This is an article published by the National Institute for Health, the highest echelon of the U.S. government's health organization. The report originates at the Central for Disease Control, or CDC, Information Office. The URL, or the Internet address, begins with NCBI, which is the National Center for Technology Information. That is followed by NLM, for the National Library of Medicine. So as far as a certified document, this cannot get much better. I suggest you go to the Cosmic Reality Archives for this show, where I will have a link where you can print out this 40-page document that was published October 26, 2021. Instead of going down the rabbit hole when trying to explain reality, pull out this document, put it in front of whoever you are trying to wake up, and let them consider the findings. And what are the findings? Well, it's all in their title. Evidence for a connection between coronavirus disease 19 and exposure to radiofrequency radiation from wireless communications, including 5G. Did you get that? Evidence for a connection between the virus and radiofrequency radiation from wireless communications. Yes, they explain in detail. They found compelling evidence that all radiofrequency radiation from wireless communications is connected to the symptoms being diagnosed as COVID-19. The following comes directly from the abstract with minimal editing for clarification. Background and aim. COVID-19 public health policy has focused on the severe acute respiratory virus and its effects on human health while environmental factors have been largely ignored. We investigated a possible environmental factor in the COVID-19 pandemic, ambient radio frequency radiation from wireless communication systems, including microwaves and millimeter waves. The virus that caused the COVID-19 pandemic surfaced in Wuhan, China, shortly after the implementation of citywide 5G systems and rapidly spread globally, initially demonstrating a statistical correlation to international communities with recently established 5G networks. In this study, we examined the peer-reviewed scientific literature on the detrimental bioeffects of wireless systems and identified several mechanisms by which they may have contributed to the COVID-19 pandemic as a toxic environmental cofactor. By crossing boundaries between the disciplines of biophysics and pathophysiology, we present evidence that wireless systems may, one, cause 
morphologic changes that can contribute to hypercoagulation, a condition that causes your blood to clot more easily than normal. Two, impair microcirculation, exasperating hypoxia, hypoxia or the inadequate oxygen delivery to the tissues. Three, amplify immune system dysfunction. Four, increases cellular oxidative stress and the production of free radicals resulting in vascular injury and organ damage. Number five is complicated but focuses on a disruption of CA2 or calcium balance and, it, and finishes with in addition to promoting pro-inflammatory pathways. Six, worsens heart arrhythmias and cardiac disorders. Now, under the category or the title, Relevance for Patients. In short, wireless radiation has become a constantly encountered and widespread environmental stressor that we propose may have contributed to adverse health outcomes of patients affected with COVID-19 and increased the severity of the COVID-19 pandemic. Therefore, we recommend that all people particularly those suffering from COVID infection, reduce their exposure to Wi-Fi radiation as much as reasonably achievable until further research better clarifies the systemic health effects associated with chronic Wi-Fi radiation. In Section 4 of the report called Discussion, the ending is as follows, and again I made minimal edits so it will read better. This information stunned me and validated the three years Michael Henry Dunn and then Mark Joseph and myself and others have presented the Radio 5G show, including Mark Steele. It is a massive victory for truth. So here we go. This paper points to the need for further research on non-thermal Wi-Fi radiation exposure and its potential role in COVID-19. Moreover, some of the Wi-Fi radiation exposure bioeffects that we discuss here, oxidative stress, inflammation, and immune system disruption are common to many chronic diseases, including autoimmune disease and diabetes. Thus, we hypothesize that Wi-Fi radiation exposure may also be a potential contributing factor in many chronic diseases. When a course of action raises threats to harm to human health, precautionary measures should be taken, even if clear causal relationships are not yet fully established. Therefore, we must apply the precautionary principle regarding wireless 5G. The authors urge policymakers to execute an immediate worldwide moratorium on wireless 5G infrastructure until its safety can be assured. Several unresolved safety issues should be addressed before wireless 5G is further implemented. Questions have been raised about 60 gigahertz, a key 5G frequency planned for extensive use which is a resonant frequency of the oxygen molecule. It is possible 
that adverse bioeffects might ensue from oxygen absorption of C of the C of the 60 gigahertz. In addition, water shows broad absorption in the gigahertz spectral region along with resonant peaks. For example, a strong absorption at 2.45 gigahertz that is used in 4G Wi-Fi routers. This raises safety issues about gigahertz exposure of the biosphere since organisms are comprised of mostly water and changes in the structure of water due to gigahertz absorption have been reported that affect organisms. That, here in the side here, that is what I have been warning of in my book and in many of my talks on the radio. You know, this is the collapse of the biosphere, an extinction event. That's what they're talking about, okay? And back to the report. Bioeffects from prolonged Wi-Fi radiation exposure of the whole body need to be investigated in animal and human studies and long-term exposure guidelines need to be considered. Independent scientists in particular should conduct concerted research to determine the biological effects of real-world exposure to Wi-Fi frequency with digital modulation from multiplicity of wireless communication devices. Testing should also include real-life exposure to multiple toxins, chemical and biological, because multiple toxins may lead to synergistic effects. Environmental impact assessments are also needed. Once the long-term biological effects of wireless 5G are understood, we can set clear safety standards of public exposure limits and design an appropriate strategy for safe deployment. Number five, conclusion. There is a substantial overlap in pathobiology between COVID-19 and Wi-Fi exposure. The evidence presented here indicates that mechanisms involved in the clinical progression of COVID-19 could also be generated according to experimental data by Wi-Fi exposure. Therefore, we propose a link between adverse bioeffects of Wi-Fi exposure from wireless devices and COVID-19. Specifically, evidence presented here supports a premise that Wi-Fi radiation, and in particular 5G, which involves intensive dis- densification of 4G, may have exacerbated the COVID-19 pandemic by weakening host immunity and increasing severity. Wi-Fi communication radiation exposure is a widespread yet often neglected environmental stressor that can produce a wide range of adverse bioeffects. For decades, independent research scientists worldwide have emphasized the health risks and cumulative damage caused by Wi-Fi radiation. The evidence presented here is consistent with a large body of established research Healthcare workers and policymakers should consider Wi-Fi radiation a potential toxic environmental stressor. Methods for reducing this exposure should be provided to all patients and the general population. And there it is, a U.S. government official document from the very organization Dr. Anthony Fauci works for. It is what we were asking for. 
acknowledge the avalanche of data on 5G dangers to all life and stop its implementation until adequate and extensive testing can be accomplished. It also demonstrated there are two levels of government existing, one represented by Fauci lying with every statement. The other is rational, reasonable, honorable, and undoubtedly courageous people that researched, wrote, and allowed to be published this benchmark document. All we need now is a representative government of the people, not the autocratic industrial financial medical establishments that have hijacked the republic. Sanity still exists within these organizations and hope springs eternal. All there right. You go. <coughs> well, oh, there it oh, is. Wait a minute, I got you muted. You hadn't muted yourself, and so I had to mute on the control panel. Sorry about that. That's all right. I'm here. I'm back. Hey, everybody. <clears throat> well, there it is. It's stunning. And, yeah, when we say, you know, the end of that URL is, you know, NIH.gov. Okay? So um, it comes to the Journal of Clinical and Translational Research, but it is published through, as, as Nancy pointed out, ncbi.nim.nih.gov. So, uh, you know, this cuts through so many excuses people give you. It's like, oh, yeah, the 5G COVID, uh, you know, conspiracy theory. Yeah, where did you hear that? Oh, you, oh, you heard that from Christian Northrup, did you? Well, she's been defamed. Oh, you heard that from Dr. Tenpenny. Oh, well, she's been defamed. Okay, fine. Stick this in their faces. NIH peer-reviewed, substantial research across decades, and they're just correlating it and bringing it all out. And, um, I mean, the fact that they lead in the opening paragraph with the correlation between Wuhan rolling out 5G and, the you know, the birth of the pandemic and the statistical correlation between all the international communities where, where COVID broke out in big numbers and the fact that 5G had just rolled out in those places at the same time. And what another thing I love that you emphasized there at the end there, Nancy, is that they're not just calling out the relationship between you know 5G and, and, and wireless networks and COVID. They're calling out the relationship you know, the, as a possible causative, as a cofactor, environmental cofactor in multiple other disorders. And making a strong recommendation that policymakers do the precautionary principle, extremely well established. If we see evidence that there could be, there really very well could be a, a significant harm being done. Whoa, stop, blow the whistle, stop everything. We are not going to take the chance. Let's be precautionary and suspend it in the meantime while we do adequate studies. So the fact that this had gotten out there, um, and and you just you found this right, Nancy. I mean, you were the one. You didn't find this somebody else. You know, telling look what I found. You, we can thank you for finding this. Right? And it was a Google a search. <laughs> That's because Google was up. I just put in, you know, COVID connection with five G, and and boom, this thing comes up. You know, I mean, it was like. No, with, with this, I was guided to this. So, I, I mean, I can tell you when I'm being guided to something. And it was really late at night. And I'm looking at this thing and I'm going, am I seeing this right? I must be, I, no, I, I must be understanding. You know, and, and thank God I, I just, 
believed, you know, I had to look at it, I had to study it, and the more I looked at it, it was like, oh my God, you know, so the next morning, I, it was, you know, it was the first thing I looked at, and I went through the rest of the, and I'm going like, not only, not only do they make the connection, but they say what we've been saying, stop, just stop, until we figure this out, you know, and, um, coming from this but it gave me such hope it's it's because it's like okay in society we have a definite break between those of us that you know are saying you know the sky's falling and those others that are saying oh no it isn't you know we're going to be good we're going to take our vaccinations everything will be back to normal no you don't want it to go to normal normal is insanity don't do this you know we're screaming like this and so you've got a, a, a dichotomy in the society that's, you know, definitely you can you can tell the sides. But the, apparently the same thing is happening in, in in the government itself, in the health department itself, is that you do have rational people there. And, you know, nobody in, in the, that department, nobody in the pharmaceutical companies, nobody in government is being mandated to take these vaccinations. No. Right. You know, so if they won't take them, why do you think we should take them? I mean, it's just insanity. But um, obviously, there's sane people like us within the very organizations that are. It's it's the heads. Get rid of the heads. Chop the heads off, and 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 probably the the guts of the organizations are still what we believe to be. You know, working for us. Right. Yeah, there's, you know, the, the thing about the puppeteers at the heads of these things, you know, like uh, Mr. Kennedy was pointing out, Tony Fauci hands out, what did he say, eight point something billion in research funds. So they get to they get to choose what gets funded and what doesn't. And if you want funding and you begin to get the message that what's in the wind about what's going to get funded and what won't. You know, you're going to avoid topics that don't please Tony Fauci. But nevertheless, you know, there's just a lot of good, solid people of integrity who have not yet been in a position where pressure was brought to bear so that they got bought out or little by little their integrity slipped away because they're trying to, you know, feed their families. And so you just got people going, oh, look, they haven't really looked at environmental cofactors between wireless networks which we know are harmful and the outbreak of cv let's check this out and so they do their work you know there are plenty of good people at cdc who are just looking to do their work now they work in an environment and an agenda and an agency that is a captured agency of the corrupt elite of big pharma that is you know in the overall picture is completely controlled, you know, big pharma agency. And nevertheless, within it, you know, you've got good people like um, um, like Dr. Rubick and Dr. Brown here, the authors of this article, extremely well qualified. It's all based on peer-reviewed research. It's as, as solid as you could ask for. You know, they do the thing you do near the end of the article. You know, possible weaknesses of this paper, possible other hypotheses that could be approached. Here is the balanced, you know, it's it's a very carefully reasoned scientific article under NIH.gov. So, uh, you know, so the one and only Nancy Hopkins has found and exposed this. 
And so uh, I guess this is our Radio 5G's potentially one of our biggest contributions in our existence, Nancy, um, for this to get out. You know, because I haven't heard of it anywhere else. Have you? No, except that, that, like I say, Dr. Lee Merritt, you know, she was so confident in what she was saying that she may have seen this and just never thought to mention it. I, I try to give, I try to teach people how to research. Here, this document, take a look at it, you know. But a lot yeah, well, of, a lot of people, I mean, okay. and I know, I mean, I used to be very good at it, but now there's so much information you're getting in your head that, you know, that's harder and harder to do because you go, oh God, who, where'd I see that? Who said that to me? You know, so she may have not, um, in, unintentionally, you know, not remembered it, but, um, I, I, that's what my mind, okay, metaphysical talk here. That's what I was looking for. What did she see that made the difference in her? And when, then when I. Did you, when did you have that conversation with her? I didn't. It was a, a, a Radio 5G that I did with Mark. What, when? A couple, week ago. Last, oh, last just, The last show, I think. Oh, okay. Or the show before that, but I think it was the last show. Again, I get so confused, I'm doing so many radio shows. Um, but in my mind, when I, when I looked for it, I was thinking in terms of what was she, what does she know? So in the scheme of metaphysics, that's the question I was asking. What does Lee Merritt know that I don't know? That she's yeah. so confident of, okay? And that's what I had in my mind when I Googled it. So my suspicion is that she knows about this report. And if she doesn't, you know, sooner or later she will because I can't imagine this not getting, you know, just trending like crazy. Um, <clears throat> and please, if the, the audio that I just did and um, the uh, PDF of the article, you can find in the archives, this, this, month, this week's archives in Radio 5G, it's already up. Um, so you can just, you know, send a link to the, uh, to the audio file if you just want to say, hey, you want to hear this. Um, along with the PDF that they can see it themselves. I don't know how long we'll be seeing the, uh, the, yeah, the, link. the link. Because it's, um, uh, you know, experience has shown that even though it's NIH.gov, even though it's peer-reviewed, careful, etc., we have seen this kind of stuff just disappear as soon as it gets exposed. And, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm tempted to put it on Facebook, right? Like, hey, this is I'm, here. It is nih.gov. Um, you know, they they can't say that this is. Why don't uh, Why don't you do it? Because if I do it, they might take my entire station down. <laughs> you right. Should, you, yeah, I, don't you, have, you, I don't have a strike yet. I don't think. Oh yeah, they're mucking with the, with this, with me. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of deactivating my account uh, on Facebook and just going to Messenger because. Uh, it's just gotten too toxic, and I look at it like, okay, I'm a storyteller, I'm a media person, you know, I, I want to have an impact. I've got 5,000 friends. Yeah, right. How many of them uh, do the algorithms allow to see my stuff? How many of those, okay, they get to see my, you know, family and stuff and my Christmas stuff. If I were to post this, the algorithms are such that it would probably go, right, this will be seen by six people. <laughs> you know, or I suppose my, you know, cute kitten video will get hundreds of likes. And um, so 
Anyway, but it would be interesting just as an experiment to see how long an NAH.gov, you know, hard science article exposing the 5G COVID link would would be up on Facebook before they take it. As down. long as you don't write anything, you know, say just you know, if you say, "Gee, this post- is this is really interesting." Don't say anything about the subject matter. Okay? The um uh, AI will will see the government post and probably not tweet to it. Okay, right. you know, because yeah. a lot of times, and I know this because this is this is what's happening to me. Somebody posts a link, and it it has to be approved. They did that; I, they're making it be approved by me. So if I approve it, then the strike goes against me, and sooner or later they'll take me down. Um, so I look at these things, and a lot of times you'll get this URL is not goes against community standards. This URL goes against community standards. You know, it's like, what, you're banning entire URLs? But the government, yeah. they're not going to ban that, so the first the first level of their uh, censorship won't catch it, so it'll probably sit there for a while. I'd put it up. Oh, you did? You put it up? No, right? I say, well, I'm going to, because, like I say, I, when I go out there with this, I want people to know, you know, don't here, go to my website. It's all there. You know, <clears throat> it's not going to get lost. Well, you know, we were having a conversation, you and me, a couple of days ago about Mr. Kennedy and the possibility of, of actually getting a getting him as a live guest on Radio 5G. And I thought, well, you know, our audience isn't that big. And it's not like we either, we have a large donor base either. And for an organization like Children's Health Defense, you know, all of Mr. Kennedy's profits from his best-selling book are all going right back into Children's Health Defense. You know, they have to pay attention to things like, well, we have to allocate Mr. Kennedy's time to the largest audience or to a potential donor base. You know, yeah, have dinner with Mr. Kennedy in Beverly Hills for a $2,000 plate dinner. You know, that's understandable that, you know, that's how things work. But one thing that I think would be, you know, in terms of having Mr. Kennedy talk with you and me about this article as a groundbreaking, extremely newsworthy fact, you know, because Children's Health Defense has covered 5G big time. You know, they've, they've, they've probably even been some, some articles about potential links with COVID. And, um, I would I would anticipate it's possible that Mr. Kennedy is not yet aware of this. And because of our history here, you know, going back two and a half years where we're, you know, first out of the gate, you know, after our uh, after you and I met Nancy and we're, you know, we're on Project Camelot talking to Kerry Cassidy and and there was that panel discussion we were on and, you know, and Mark Steele. You know, going out, it's a killing field. They're going to try to kill us all. Going, yeah, well, what are they going to use as an excuse for killing us all? There's got to be a cover story. That all of this is dovetailing. Now, it's all come together. And in in the history, in the last two years, as, as Mr. Kennedy points out, you know, that this is about a totalitarian takeover, destruction of our rights, 24-7, 365, every square inch of planet Earth under surveillance, digital currency controlling your 
your ability to purchase, your ability to travel, your ability, you know, your free speech. It is a nightmare scenario. It's like the final line of the Orwell novel, 1984. Imagine a boot stamping on a human face forever. Right. That's what we're looking at. It's not going to happen, folks. We're going to win. The light is winning. God is winning. But but I, I think this is worth a pitch. And I I, I have some avenues through which I can possibly make this pitch um, such that we might not reach a whole lot of people right out of the gate if we have Mr. Kennedy on. We'll reach a whole lot. You know, obviously, our audience will vastly increase because of having him on. But that interview in and of itself could go viral and be shared and reshared and reshared to get this information out and to have Mr. Kennedy's response to it. Well, I would like to know what the lawyer in him says. You know, how can how can this be brought into the because obviously Fauci's not going to bring it out. And the head of in the head of the see Fauci works underneath the the label of the Institute of Health or the Health Institute Institute for Health. Um, and wh- the guy that was the head of that is the one that just re- resigned. He retired. Uh-huh. I can't think of what his name is. All I know is he played this Christmas song. Oh my God, about the flu. You know, I, it was a, the, the music was Christmas, but he said he in, in, in this his retirement party. It was so insane. I mean, really, really bizarre. Um, but Fauci works under him. But it seems like Fauci is the man that's controlling everything. And another thing about that particular group is Dr. Judy uh, Mikovich came out of that. She worked side by side with Fauci. And she was, you know, years and years ago, what was it, 20 years ago, was over the AIDS thing. She came right. out and she ended up in jail and, and her practice gutted. And I mean, she, she's just a superhero. So she's just one of others that saw what happened to her and said, man, I better live to fight another day. And yeah. I, I, I'm strongly feeling that, um, that they've known about this for a while. This is not something that you could put together very easily. I mean, good Lord, we, we've been at this for three years, you know. Um, right. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. I mean, make the pitch. If they say yes, I'll gladly do it. I've got no problem doing it. I think we'd do a little better job than the guy that was interviewing him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, I, I'm sorry, it just grates my nerves. I hate to say it. I mean, you know, these were good guys, you know, good questions and everything. But when you interrupt Robert Kennedy, I, know. I, was, I, know. I just, it kind of gets. On my nerves. Don't yeah. interrupt, Mister Kennedy, please. He's got some interesting things to say that you have, please. No, but the yeah. questions were very, very valid. Yeah. You know, um, I was. Uh, that's why I went because again, this is a ninety-minute thing, and I went with the last part of it because, it, well, the first part of it, he talks about, let's say. The, the the story the, the 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 how did they do all this what were they doing you know this type of 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 information that was historical but the 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 section that I played today was so needed by people because it, you can't have enough of us yelling no this is the truth this is the truth this is the truth you know you got to keep you know that's the truth don't get near these things. This is all, you know, designed to capture you. And, you know, 
I got to I got to tell another thing here. Back in um, you know like February of 2019, when you started talking about this, I was really like, I don't I don't have the. I just another show was and especially on <clears throat> this subject was there was nobody else out there at the, well we didn't think there was anybody else out there at the time and um so but what really turned it for me Michael was an interview I heard with Max Egan <clears throat> and he was talking about the Chinese uh society as it was right then back in 2019 right okay yeah and it was so scary. I mean, he was talking about the financial stuff, you know, like Bobby, Robert Kennedy was right. talking about, um, that, you know, the financial aspects of how you're, they control you is because you can't even leave because your money's no good once you go a mile outside your, your house, that type of thing. The, um, yeah. and he got, he got into, uh, Egan did about how, um, they will put you on a blacklist, and everybody that you know will be um, a suspect for the blacklist. And if you're in the blacklist, they just you can't do anything. You've got no resources at, at all, and that they that that's all engaged right now in the the Chinese uh, societies, but probably not every place, but quite all, where. And he was talking about the five G. Egan was, and so you know that was what I, I said to myself. Okay. Let's give it. I, I wanted to be able to say to myself, I did everything I could. And that's when I said, all right, let's do this. And so it was it was having a perception of what was about to happen here. But I had no idea. I mean, I, and it's odd that none of us thought about pandemic. Because, I know. you know, when you look at it, at it, it was very blatantly, uh, uh, you know, a scenario that was being played out. And he talks about that, particularly in the first part of the entire interview. And in the in the entire interview, he he gets into this, how they were scenario. They, well, we, in the military, you call it war gaming. But you set up a scenario and then you paper it out. What would happen if somebody did this and this and this and this and this and this? And they had a series of them starting like in, I don't know, I think he said 20, 20, 2002 or something. But 2019 being the one where they were actually focused on, you know, uh, the COVID thing. Because he presents that the COVID thing um, had already been released. It's a very fascinating uh, first hour. and But anyway, so... You've got this situation where where he he shows you that they've been playing this game for you know the last twenty years, yeah. war gaming yeah. it, war gaming it. And one of the things he said was that they weren't war gaming it to say what's the best thing that we can do to to, to prevent people from you know dying of this. It was how do we use this to control people, and it was out there. I mean, if if you were looking for this, you would have seen it. But who the hell was looking for something as evil as this? All the step down, you know, as as we go down this path, the evil is just like even worse than 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 I ever imagined it could be. You know, yeah. it keeps getting darker and darker and darker. And I love where Kennedy called it out and and quoted Hannah Arendt. You know, the the famous author on, on uh, Holocaust, who said that, okay, yeah, the death camps, there's guards who, like, just 
physically take people, you know, to the gas chambers who are guilty of war crimes. But she said far worse were the desk killers who from their desks made decisions that resulted in the, the deaths of hundreds of thousands or millions of people, you know, torture and suffering. And they just went home, you know, signed off on something, went home, played with their dogs, kissed their children, had dinner with their wives. And, and that, that Fauci is one of these, you know, that, um, that you can't, you can't separate the evil of it, you know, from the fact that he wasn't physically escorting someone to a gas chamber. He was just, you know, acceptable collateral damage, you and your family and the, the child that you just lost to a miscarriage through post vaccination hemorrhaging or the sudden death of, you know, a 25 year old athlete or, you know, multiply it 19,000 deaths times, you know, another huge magnification based on what hasn't been reported in all of those consequences. Oh, just acceptable collateral damage. And I'm going to go home. What are we having for dinner, honey? You know, that's, that's the banal face of evil as they call it. Well, you know? let, let, let me, we were talking on one of the radio shows and I'm, you know, about, Fauci, the all, stuff we're talking about now, and all of a sudden I get like it was more like a download, and I get Fauci's the Antichrist. Well, you know? he's a he's a embodiment of that principle. Well, you know, so I so I actually started looking up the Antichrist thing because I thought, well, that's an odd thing to think, but um, and there's <clears throat> i never even got through the research because there's so many different references in the bible to the antichrist uh not just in revelations but i went back to the when i first got introduced to it which was from uh revelations and basically all it says well i they were talking about this antichrist and they said that um he would be somebody who um controlled the world that whatever he said you know he had this world control it didn't say anything about you know politically you know he was this that or the just that he had he had the world's attention and everything that he says is it, they believe in and the other thing when i when i first encountered it i said okay i said um so where i guess you ask the questions you get the answers so i said Okay, so where's this guy gonna you know come from and i i get i i get a vision of the um of the uh, Rome, the papal, the St. Peter's. And I'm going like, but that's only a symbol to me of Italy. And so I went, okay, so he's, he's Italian, maybe not the Pope. I questioned that. Is it the Pope? Is it the, no, no, it's it's a, a civilian type of person. And I could see the, him in a suit. <laughs> okay, so um, then after I get this download, uh, and I said something, uh, Dolly said, no, no, and she she disagreed with me because of something about a blue turban. And there is a blue turban in one of the many, many things that's said about the Antichrist. But it just was like, okay, so maybe, he's, maybe he is the uh, embodiment of the energy of the Antichrist because he definitely has the world doing what he wants him to do. He gets up there, he lies, and they do it. You know? Yeah. He's a puppet, you know, and they're going to throw him under the bus, is my impression, you know, when when the time is right. He's he's a puppet. He's an evil puppet, you know. He's a lying puppet. He's, if you you want an embodiment of what we call Antichrist 
consciousness he'll do you know and i i agree yeah it's like everybody pays attention but you know it, he's getting exposed well, well, what I found really interesting was Dolly said, it couldn't possibly be Fauci, he's not evil enough. And I said to her, then you have not, you don't know about Robert Kennedy's book. Because when you, and I have not read it, but when you hear the story and you start to listen to, to the, all the things that this man has done, it's like he is the epitome of evil, just like you were talking about. You know, people think he's nice and he's got family and all that, but he is absolutely the epitome of evil. And, you know, people, oh, Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci has never gone down and, you know, been the doctor for a COVID victim. He's not that kind of a doctor. He's a well, lab doctor. Yeah, and for, for, you know, for Dolly to say, oh, he's not evil enough. Okay, he's not dripping blood from his fangs. Well, he may you know. be. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, you know, he oh, just so oh, nice, respectable, soft-spoken, blah blah Well, you know, Hitler was fond of dogs and children. Let's not go there. Don't be don't be going into the bad shit. I mean, because that's the thing, is that I... I is it like, you know, having a nice, friendly exterior and looking like a sweet, oh. gentle person on TV. Oh. Hitler could do that too, and they've got those candles with him looking like the Pope, and you know they call him Saint Saint uh, Fauci, and I mean it right. was like at first I thought it was somebody that was making fun of it, and then I started thinking, no, maybe people are really seriously thinking buying these candles to burn for Fauci. I don't know where their heads are at, you know, but the the because I mean. I don't. I don't necessarily believe in the Antichrist, I, but it is a story within the Bible that a lot of people believe in. And so, is what are we talking about here? You know. And so I asked somebody that is, you know, really kind of woo, and they said, "Oh, there's many versions of the Antichrist out there right now." Yeah, and I, I, I try to come back to, okay, what good does it do us to think about labeling somebody the Antichrist? I think is actually detrimental to our cause to bring in, you know, easily misunderstood religious terminology. It makes us sound like radical wackos. Oh, he's the Antichrist. Well, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. He's an, you know, he's an evil puppet causing harm to millions of people. Let's just, you know, I don't care what you call him. Let's just move on because, you know, when you get to, it, it just exposes us to people like, oh yeah, then these are the people who say 5G is related to COVID and they think Tony's the Antichrist. Ha ha ha. You know, so I just... I, first but, off, I don't care what other people think. I find it a fascinating excursion into philosophical history. Because if you, if you can... One of the keys to a battlefield is to know your enemy. All right? And so it's not just a matter of looking and blaming Biden for everything that's going wrong. You got to find the the energy that is causing the the ripples in in the perfect reality. And to me, Fauci's that. It, what do we mean by antichrist? Well, an antichrist is something that is opposing Christ. What is Christ? Christ is a representation of good. Okay, so it, it makes philosophical sense to think that, okay, the Antichrist is an energy form. Yes, it could be some person that's, but they're only one version of it. And we have to begin to accept that this kind of evil is actually behind what we're seeing.
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm all for calling out the evil, and I just you know talking about military prioritization. I mean, it's a question. Of, okay, how much is this hill worth? Is this the hill we want to take? Is this the hill we want to extend our credibility on? Now, for you and me talking here now, Radio Five G, yeah. Antichrist as a fascinating philosophical concept and with our audience and listeners, yeah, let's go for it. In terms of not caring what other people think, it's like, oh, they think Fauci's the Antichrist. I'm with you on that too. But, you know, when we're talking to some of the people on the fence, you know, not necessarily our, our loyal audience here, you know, not obviously not, you know, the, the completely brainwashed puppets, but some of those folks on the fence, that's where I'm like, okay, do I want to take the? Do I want to fight for the hill of Fauci being the Antichrist, or do I want to? I'm not. I'm not fighting for the for for that. For, for, first off, um, the, the the people that listen to us, okay, they need to be able to know that they can go in different places to look at really what's happening. Because if we don't yeah. get a, if we don't get the perspective on what's happening, um, we're going to be less effective in orchestrating uh, a new reality and one of the things that we've been talking about is how do you deal with that person that's on the fence okay and what i'm telling people is don't go down the rabbit holes we go down don't go into the woo-woo there is so much concrete evidence out there that you can hit them with and this paper that we've been discussing is is massive You know, it's like, I'm not going to try to tell you about Fauci being the Antichrist. I'm not even going to say anything bad about Fauci. I'm going to say, do you know that in the Fauci organization, they've come out with this paper that says there's a connection between 5G and the COVID. Don't go to anything other than what you can say is 3D information because there's a massive amount of it out there. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. I think, you know, that this is, I mean, this thing you found, Nancy, is, is like the biggest piece of good news we've had in years. Seriously, it really is. Well, it vindicates uh, everything that we said. You know, exactly. And, and, and Mark Steele, too, you know, it's like. Yeah, we, yeah, we got to get back on, on the air with Mark. You know, there's one thing, and we got a couple of minutes left here that, that I want to bring in. Um, I'm reading a, a book I came across about. Um, how to shift conversations, um, you know, to um, a better uh, dynamic, a better unfolding. And there's a question that that comes up here about, you you talked a second ago, Nancy, about, hey, I want to have been able to, I want to be able to look in the mirror and say, I did everything I could. There's a Facebook meme I saw the other day. You got a little girl sitting on her daddy's lap and they're sort of dressed like Victorian and she's looking at a history book and her distinguished father, she's sitting on his lap and she turns to him and she says, Daddy, what did you do back in 2020 when the fascists took over? And the the father's looking uh, very philosophical and he says, I called everyone a conspiracy theorist and clapped like a monkey. Right. So um, that's not what I'm going to be able to look back on. I tell you that the question that this book asked that ask yourself this. If I were 10 times more courageous than I am, I would. And then fill in the blank. If I were 10 times more courageous than I am, I would do this and then ask yourself what's preventing me. What? blocks do I think? Now, what impact could I have? What steps could I take? 
because it's all on the line. Everything you could possibly value or treasure or love, be it, you know, your family, your freedom, the beauty of this world, your ability to worship spirit, it is all on the line. And we all need to ask ourselves this question. If I were 10 times more courageous than I am, I would. And then make a list of, like, okay, what is it, you know, that would be inspiring to uh, to other people that they would look and say, wow, look at him, look at her. But we got to go. That. We got to go. So anyway, uh, Radio 5G is a joint project of Cosmic Reality Radio and the Sacred Academy of Geoenergetics. And I am so grateful for um, being able to be on the air here with you, Nancy. God bless us, everyone. Got to sign off. You've been listening to Radio 5G, a production of CosmicReality.com. Thank you for listening.